Deep, we're back. It's, is it Monday? I think it's Monday. I don't know. I, I don't know what day of the week it is. I don't know what year it is. I don't know what time it is. I just know it's time to sit here and talk with you for an it's hour. It's podcast time, baby. Podcast That's what time, time. it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, hi, Steve. Uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with... Steve. With Steve, as we've already acknowledged that Steve is doing this podcast with me. Um... Today we have got a good show. We've got a lot. Like I, I don't. There are a couple of different topics that I don't want to spend a, a super sun, a long time on, but I, I think it's. I think it might, might be a good show. Um, Micah Shrewsbury has just been announced as Penn State's new basketball coach, um, and then of course we'll talk about the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I, I don't, I've only done one bracket so far, so I, we'll, I, I'm interested to hear your take on that, um, and then. Drew Brees is going, is retired and now going to get another job, which I always think that's weird when NFL players are like, I'm retiring, but then they go get a different job. So he's getting the job at NBC. We'll dive into that. And then we have actual big news to discuss. I think we'll take up the majority of the show this afternoon. Uh, the NHL deal with ESPN that I have a million opinions on. And a very quick old guy, young guy. Um, I But I... We'll save it. It, it. it does relate to what I've already talked about, though. So there's a little hint. One of the things is a surprise. That's great. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, so as as you and I, or you and I just discussed during the Penn State hockey game, which they lost sadly, um, it was a very good game, and yeah. I thought Penn State deserved to win. Uh, it also came out that Penn State basketball, men's basketball, has hired their new head coach, Micah Shrewsbury, who was a assistant coach for Purdue and Brad Stevens throughout kind of his career. Um, kind of seems like he's been pretty much in the state of Indiana. I was poking around his uh, his resume there. and seems like he's either been there or in Boston in the NBA with, with Brad Stevens. So, Steve, are you – do you have any opinion on this hire? Are you surprised that they didn't keep – Jim Ferry, um, you certainly paid more attention to Penn State basketball than I did this well, year. Oh, it's not a real high bar either. Um, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, Jim Ferry um, was a placeholder um, after what after stuff happened. Um, I, I think. I mean, he, he wasn't going to be the personality or the person to do it. He's a proven professional at the college ranks, good quality coach, um, but he was holding things together, and I think did a heck of a job holding things together. But um, it's the I mean, yeah, I mean, they were really, I don't want to say, you know, I, actually, I don't want to say that. Everybody thought that they should have went to the, the NCAA tournament. And had this team won more non-conference games, they might have gone to the NCAA tournament. But you know what? They didn't. They weren't even that, I mean, they were kind of close, but they weren't that close. I, they didn't even make the NIT. No, and, I, and I'm not one of those people that believes they should have made the NIT. I don't care about the – I mean, and this is another analytics discussion we've had before, right? Like, I don't care if the analytics put them at number 30-something or 40-something and they should have been in – I don't care. Win games. Like, at some point, the record's got to look like you've won some games to make a postseason tournament. I So, I I think about that all the time with Penn State basketball. This this conversation's already sidetracked, but I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Every year it seems like – Penn State should get a should win an NET banner because they won the NET and had the highest NET ranking and and that's what Penn State basketball fans who don't have much to hang their hat on hang their hat on and I I, I don't know it's it's just kind of funny to me and it's kind of uh, 
Yeah, maybe that doesn't make me a big enough basketball insider, a geek. I don't care. Like I, for as much as stuff I'm, I've given away in my life for sports at this point, and through the years, and I'm not even that old, but maybe I am. Like winning and losing matters. Win some stinking games. Like, and I know it's the toughest conference in the country and whatever else, but no, they did not deserve to go to the NIT. And I hope Micah Shrewsbury, when he comes in, creates a culture whereby we need to win games. It's not about getting better. It's not about climbing a ladder. It's not about building something. It's about winning games. And that's what we're here to do. And I hope that's part of the message that comes across. You, you just said something that's very interesting there. It's not about climbing a ladder. And, of course, that was kind of the climb has always kind of and has been, was been, was, is Penn State basketball. And that, that analogy has kind of been forced upon a, us by the marketing departments of Penn State if you're into Penn State Twitter and Penn State basketball Twitter, which is a very dark subset of the internet, there is the flaming bus, of course. But uh, I, I don't like. Do you, they need to move? You agree that the, like this is a new start? They need to get rid of the climb stuff. They need to get. It's like it's like when they got rid of one team. Like they need to just shut the door on that and never talk about it again. And, and right, and that's one of the reasons fun. you don't keep Ferry, right? Like because there's still ties to the old program. Michael Shrewsbury gets to come in and make his own program, and I hope it's an aspirational approach. Look, we all know, anybody who's bothering to listen to this, and we certainly know how tough that program is, how tough it is to win at that program. I get it. But I don't, I don't as a fan, want to be engaged to, to be, be a part of something small that's going to be... No, be a part of something that's going to win. You know, aspire to greatness, and, and maybe you'll get there. And I hope that's well. I mean, you know, set the bar Let's higher. Let's put that on a T-shirt. Well, Inspire greatness. greatness, and maybe you'll get there. But yeah, yeah, I, I think that's what's exciting about him. He's different. He's come from winning programs. You know, the the people that he's coached with, you know, have been good coaches. You know, so I think the NBA pedigree, all that stuff, having been in the league, like I think these are all good things. Um, and I can, I can be excited about the program, but I want them to be aspirational with a new guy, and I think that's why you have a new guy. There's a lot of people on the internet today um, that have been saying that that in a way this is a, a reset, but not, in a, not a good reset, mm-hmm. and that this is basically stunting the growth and it is just is the one-step-forward, two-step-back type situation with with everything that's happened with with chambers driving the program to a relatively new level and basically getting them to to a tournament before the pandemic started and then kind of even this year them holding on to the holding the water and out of the ship pretty well i i don't don't agree with those people like i don't i or maybe it's not that i don't agree with those people it's just like i don't know what you want at this point like I don't know what to tell you at this point. I really don't. I like. I do think that Penn State is turning a corner. I do think that the athletic department is re- starting to realize that do people do pay attention to this a little bit more than they used to, at least, and and want this program to succeed. I do think maybe not right now. Maybe by twenty twenty five there will be some sort of standalone facility or some sort of standalone gym or, or better infrastructure, physical like building infrastructure for Penn State men's basketball and women's basketball, hopefully. Um, but I, I don't know. It's like I, I just I don't know what what do you want? You know? Right. What Any do you want? new coach that's gonna come in is gonna 
on one side, out of one side of their mouth, talk about success and aspirations, and out of the other side, if they're smart, you know, set a timetable, right? It's going to take us a few years to build my culture and all that stuff. Like, we've heard that dozens of times, and we'll hear it again. But I don't think they could have connected with the program as it was or found any current connection with it. And that's not a swat at some of the former players who are coaching Division One or Division Three or whatever who are potential names. This is a good hire. This is a, this is a, a top-level assistant at a Big Ten school who's got good connections, and maybe it means they're going to commit a little bit more to the program. They aren't ever going to commit a lot to the program. Right. So maybe and we're going through the, the same dance all over again, but it right. feels like fun. This is the uh, right right hire. It's, it's the right hire because – this is the type of hire Penn State should be making. It, it, like, as somebody else pointed out, like this is the first truly normal coaching search that Penn State's really had. Like, because when DeCellis left, it was pretty late into yep. this time of year. Like, it, pretty much everybody had been picked over type thing. And I now I I don't remember, but before DeCellis, what that hiring was like. But uh, this is exactly how you build a program, and it's not go get. Not no offense to Pat Chambers, because I did think he did a good job establishing establishing and potentially building a program. He never kind of got over the hump until really the last year. But I think I I think this is just the more direct path. Yeah, and I think I I'm excited. I mean, I you know I'm not going out to buy tickets tomorrow, but it seems like it's 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 the right move, the right time, and I, I'll be in more if it's not. I'll be in more if there's a little bit of aspiration. Hey, Penn State, yeah, yeah, tough job. We got to be able to do this, and I think we can attract athletes and say those things. And it took me a little while to get on board with Chambers at the time because when he came, it was a tough time, and it was, hey, we're going to chart hustle plays at practice, and we're going to we're going to have this this stat for how we work at practice, and we're going to look for victories every day in <laughs> practice. Points. And I'm like, I just don't care. I need you to win games. I so, agree with that. Yeah, you know so what? That's a very good point. I mean, he got there at the end, and I think he did all he could with the program and probably might have been unfairly gotten rid of in, in a lot of ways, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he was probably treated as well as possible on the way out the door or shouldn't have been shown the door. But now that we're here, this feels like the right person for the next step. I agree. I agree. As my wife pointed out, it also continues the pattern of Penn State hiring bald men to coach. <laughs> that's true. Major programs. I think that's that, true. I think that's interesting. Nobody uh, asked about that at the news conference. More importantly, it actually, surprisingly, is the first, Penn State becomes the first Division One program, or the only current Division One program, with two black head coaches, which I think shows that Sandy Barber, which she has always been, is very committed to diversity and, and, and not just hiring a typical old white dude to hire, to run a program, because that's what you used to do. Right. Or even the young, cheap white dude, right, who you can get as assistant. This right. feels like the right hire for all the right reasons, you know, straightforward right reasons and even, you know, quieter right reasons. Right. Um, Steve, let's speaking of basketball. Um, do you – so this year, I, I haven't been into college basketball to remotely the normal level that I've been into college basketball, but I will pay attention to this tournament because I think it is a – Sports phenomena. I think it is a very important time of year on the sports calendar. I think March is probably the most underrated sports month of the year. Sure. But one of the things that I really like about this year's March Madness tournament is the fact that the schedule has changed because of COVID, but I think it's in a good way. So usually 
tomorrow night, which is Tuesday, there would be the first two first four games. And then Wednesday, there would be two more first four games. And then Thursday and Friday, there are two, um, or there are basically the first round, the true first round. And then the round of 32 is played on the weekend. This year, though, everything kind of starts a, a day or two later. So the first four is on Thursday. All four games are played then. And then Friday through Monday is the first four games or days of games. And I prefer this tournament, this tournament format. Do you like this? Are you like I? I I'm very excited about this because now I don't lose. I don't have to worry about working and also paying attention to basketball. Like I, now I get now I get Friday, which is hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this, but like not <laughs> always a hard day. Like I, I think everybody's Friday is the easier day, and I get Saturday to watch all of the 64 game or well 32 games mm-hmm. as opposed to before. When I had to, to do Thursday and Friday, I'm commuting home to work. Like, it's just annoying. Yeah, and, and, and I, I won't miss the story that comes out every year about about productivity lost on Thursday and Friday, right? Because everybody's working from home to begin with, a larger proportion of people anyway. And now the games aren't going to be Thursday on TV. They're going to be Friday. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to miss that from the media side. And I do like it better. Like, I think, I think they're going to find, of all those things that COVID does, we talked last week about what COVID impacted and comes back again next year, Friday through Monday might be one of those things. Like they might find out that Monday night is a good night for some some meaningful basketball games to send people through to the Sweet 16 because the Final Four is played on Monday night, right? So you could build up and there's a little bit of mentality on Monday night in in the spring for basketball. Um, yeah, I, and I like all four games of the first four on, on the first day. Oh, what was I, like that? All, I like all four games of the first Monday on that same Thursday or the first first four on Thursday. I like the two big names. The media made a little bit of attention about that, about you know UCLA and uh, Lou, Michigan uh, State, Michigan State, right? Playing. I think those teams should always be playing each other in the first four games. Those kind of teams. I don't yeah. like the big team versus the little team. Give me two big teams the first night. I think this is great. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot about the schedule to, to, to like, and will, and fans will respond to. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think there are a lot of the reasons you just laid out especially like the first four feels like it matters a little bit more and it feels less boring um yep. so i'm excited about that um because before you were just dipping your toes in it's like oh here's two games here you go yeah and then you get back on the like here's two more games and they weren't meaningful because you knew one of the lower teams was probably going you knew, i mean there's been teams that have made a run but like those small conference teams you knew weren't going to win because we pit them against the 17 from the big 10 right let's play two big conference teams against each other and have some fun yeah, Let's make somebody lose because what matters is winning and losing. If we're going to carry that theme through, <laughs> um, I have a I have another question, and then we'll, we can move on from this very very brief discussion about the tournament. Do you now? What is your setup like? Do you are you just like a one TV kind of guy, and you you chase games? What do you do? I chase games, and actually, it is a challenge with YouTube TV because there's not a back button like there is on cable. Ah. You know, you got to go back to the little grid. And, and go back and forth. So it is a challenge. The tournament is a challenge if you have YouTube TV. Or, and I'd be interested for people who get it more through their computer, right? Like this, the tournament is a great time for cable because of the back button. It's not such a great time if you're a streamer. It doesn't feel like to me, unless you have multiple windows up, which I guess now that I've said that, <clears throat> I could probably watch one on the TV and one on the computer. So there we go. So, sort of solved. So in college and in, in even now i at, i at least have two screens running 
usually when the tournament is on i will have two tvs on one with the like basically it one with the latest game that's being played so like if it's like if there's 10 minutes left in a game versus 20 minutes i'll have the the main tv have the 10 minute one as opposed to the 20 minute one so then I will also have my iPad running with the game, and occasionally, occasionally, I will have another form of screen, depending on where we're at in the day. I know, like, usually in the in the afternoons it doesn't bottleneck, but usually at night it does bottleneck more. Mm-hmm. And I do try to watch every single game, and I will say, most years, I don't watch every single minute of the tournament, but I watch at least ninety five percent of a minute of ninety five percent of every game. Yeah, I'll probably see a portion of every game, and that's that's pretty typical. It's harder at work because it's just harder to do it. This year, probably a little more. So we'll see. I don't know what plans are Saturday. We'll see. You mentioned brackets. You said you've only filled out, did you say one? So what is typical I, for you? I, see, usually I do, usually I do like four, but I've only done, I only did one today. I guess I was kind of busy today. Usually I do like a couple, like, legitimate ones and then i'll do like one just like stupid one where i'm like i'll do the mascot thing <laughs> um yeah. or i'll just like sit here and like flip a coin or a random number type thing okay. so very cool yeah. all right well i'm excited and wednesday is st patrick's day so shamrock shakes all around there you go. very excited about that um okay speaking of wow look at that speaking of the shamrocks and and irish people um <laughs> Drew Brees, who is not, I don't think is Irish, but we'll, we'll get to the Irish connection, has retired from the NFL. And he is taking a job where he will be the game analyst for NBC on the Notre Dame games. Mm-hmm. There's the Irish connection. And then will also be a studio analyst for the NFL games, which is basically what Tony Dungy had been doing for the last And Rodney Harrison. Seasons. So it'll be but, interesting yeah. to see how crowded that room gets or what they do. So... Here's the deal. Maybe I'm missing the boat here, but does Drew Brees have the big of like a big personality or something and I we I just don't know about it. Yeah, I was surprised when he was what the deal was last year, right? They came to Yeah, the like this has been this is this was like I think as soon as he retired like it was like here you're retired, now you have a job. Yeah, I I don't know that he has that big a personality. Um he might be he might seem a little more down to earth and approachable in some ways than people that are on TV. Um, I could see he and Rodney Harrison in kind of an offense, offensive guy, defensive kind of thing breaking down on, on the, in the studio show for, on Sunday nights for the NFL. Um, I'm happy to have him on Notre Dame because what, what's been a mess there when I would jump into those games, it just it wasn't good. I mean, Mike Tirico's good, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. And, and my sense is that it's Tirico and he as the successors in the Sunday night football booth and then they kind of lay that out or they say that. But I got to tell you, I've heard people are going to have successors many times. And the successor doesn't ever end up succeeding the people who are in the seat. Like, I don't see Chris Collinsworth going quietly or Al Michaels, for that matter, who's 75. Say, like, like I, it I, doesn't matter age. Like, I think they'll hang on a while unless I'd be, I'd be shocked if it happens in two years and what they're talking about. Shocked. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, Al is relatively getting up there, but he's not up there. And like... Chris Collinsworth has basically built his whole media empire around the fact that he has that job because yep. of the pro football focus and pro football talk and all of that 
all of those connections. And uh, uh, so, I don't know. It's just, it, I don't. Everybody's always said that with even with even Dorico, and I, it just feels weird. Uh, I think, like, I think I do think again. Like, I just don't know. Like, I maybe I don't pay attention. Didn't pay attention to Drew Brees and the Saints enough. Like, he doesn't seem like he has an outlet and just personality. I'm sure he's super smart because he's a he's a college basketball or a college football, you know, or NFL player, NFL quarterback, NFL mastermind, but I, I don't know. It could be. I mean, the, the, the other domino that could shake out of some of this stuff is if he's signed, you know, are they any less committed to Collinsworth or, and or Michaels if ESPN gets antsy to put a face to, to their Monday Night Football, to, to put some real names behind it? But I, I just don't see the even Sunday Night Football, which has been the, the highest rated TV show for the past two decades, I, I just I'm just yeah, surprised. It make sense. It's, 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 it's it just the biggest sense. it's the biggest podium in the sport. No, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's like it's kind of like when when you have five quarterbacks on on scholarship type thing, and like there's a very crowded room, and I feel like that's what what NBC kind of has here. And they even said he was going to do some Olympic stuff, but like, what Olympics stuff is he? What is he going to add to the Olympics? Like the shot put and oh, look at that form. Well, like, you know, maybe he's maybe he's the approachable. Maybe they did a test, and he's the approachable, curious guy who's got a sense of humor that we're just missing, right? Like that we just don't get a chance to see. You know, I mean, although I, I always think I always knew Peyton and his and Eli were sneaky, sneaky smart, you know, and kind of smart alecky, you know, and that's why Eli now is going to have a show next you know, his own little. Eli's places thing that Peyton had. So I don't know. We'll see if Drew Brees has that magnetism, that, that thing that carries over on TV, um, or if he was just really successful in getting an opportunity. I mean, I hope, I hope it's good for him, but it feels like a crowded room at NBC right now. The only other thing I will say about this is it, the irony isn't lost on me that the, now the head analyst for, for Notre Dame football is a Purdue guy. There you go. I know. Well, at least it's Indiana. I kept it in the state, sort of. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right. Um, the last bit of news, but I think we'll spend the most time on, of course, is the NHL deal with ESPN. Um, last week, I forget what day of the week it was, uh, the Walt Disney Corporation, ESPN, and the National Hockey League reach a groundbreaking long-term agreement. Um, that's the headline on the press release. Uh, I don't think the facts and figures are here, but I think it's like $400 million a season. It works out to like two-something billion which is more than the current um, NHL contract is with NBC, which is like 10 years, and this deal is only seven years. Plus, the more important thing is the NHL still has more money coming in because this is only half of the package that they were basically offering, or one of two packages, I guess, is, is the better way to, to put this. Um, real quickly here, what it includes... 100 exclusive regular season games per season across streaming platforms and ESPN's networks. We'll get into that in a second. Um, 25 of them are going to be on ESPN and or ABC, so probably about one a week mm -hmm. on ESPN and then like one every other week on e ABC. Um, 75 of those games then are going to be on ESPN Plus slash Hulu, and then they get half of the Stanley Cup playoffs um, each season. Plus, they get to pick which um, conference final that they want, which not a lot of people like will think about that. But if it's a if it's a West Coast team versus a Canadian team or an East Coast team, two East Coast teams, like ninety nine percent of the time they're going to pick that East Coast game team right. because of the, the 
people gonna watch because that's what people will watch and then they get um they get four stanley cups yeah four stanley yeah. cups um so they go back and forth basically plus the all-star game and the skills challenge and it says plus other special events each season now do i think that's out the winter classic no because they have college football but do i think that is like the lake tahoe game probably good night so that's the nuts and bolts of the package but where i actually think this package has the biggest impact is not the fact that it's going to move in theory move the salary cap in the nhl and it was all of the stuff that i just laid out there's two areas number one i think we are in the new era of kind of rights packages in terms of like the way they work in terms of streaming deals and number two the social media impacts of this are going to actually probably matter more than the tv impacts of this so let me let me let me dive in on the subscription part first so currently i pay i forget how much a month to watch the tampa bay lightning like all of their regional games that are not on national tv now which now that service will be included in espn plus which i already pay for so even if they do raise it i don't have to worry about that um so it's kind of all nice Mm -hmm. in one thing i think that this is where the nfl is going with their son what is was formerly the sunday ticket deal that i think that they see this and are going to go hmm they're doing this that's how much money they got for it okay we're the nfl we're already worth x times more hey hey jeff bezos hey amazon how about we do this deal instead and you get all all this coverage all of this into your amazon prime focus so i think that's a very important component of that do you have a reaction to that yeah i think i I, yeah no i think the the, you're right on the the streaming piece i don't think the nfl is going to get rolled in with anybody though like i think they'll still be their own they may make a deal but there's still going to be a clear nfl payment or subscription number you think I don't know. I mean, that's. I mean, it depends how big the number is, right? Like, I guess if they give them enough and roll them in, that's great. But it wouldn't be. This is Amazon, though. Like maybe Amazon sees it on the backside, right? And maybe the subscriber doesn't see it, right? Like you see it, and it's just like you know when they talk about what your cable channels cost. Amazon's going to see that for the NFL if that happens, right. and and you won't exactly. No, I, I think you're right about that, and I think the other big piece along the the, the piece, the traditional. I think the streaming's big, right? Because it's going to push people to ESPN Plus. It's going to make it even more valuable. But the other thing is ESPN will own it. Right. And for all those people who aren't a fan of UFC or the NBA or whatever else that ESPN owns, they get tired of saying, oh, that's all I see there. Guess what? Now the hockey's hockey's going to be in the mix. You know, there's probably going to be a hockey studio show. Hold on. All right. Try talking now. Um, All that stuff that's in the mix now, right, is because ESPN owns it, you're going to see more of it on its shows, whether it's the studio shows, whether it's Sports Center. I think there'll be a hockey studio show, probably come back specifically on hockey at some point. So they did say a once-a-week show is coming back, at least. So it's hockey night in the United States, or whatever they yeah. frame it as, or whatever. Um, there'll be some plus specials programming. You'll get some behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, like, I, I think it's... How excited were you? Like, I, I was intrigued because oh, it was... I, I mean, I was thrilled. Like, I, first off, like, if you pay attention to these things, which... I feel like there's actually, weirdly, not a lot of people in hockey that pay attention to it. Like, even though people knew that this was coming, like, like the rights deal was up by that is what I mean. I, I think a lot of people were still surprised. that, like, oh, I never really thought about the fact that ESPN doesn't have hockey. Um, 
and now they're getting it again. My biggest thing with it, though, is the social media aspect because the ESPN entities between ESPN and SportsCenter, I I don't want to sit here and definitely say they have more followers than CNN, but I think they may have more followers. Like, I think they are the mo- one of the most followed media outlets. If not number one, definitely in the top five. And both of those accounts are in the top five. Uh, doesn't really matter the platform for followers. So I think the biggest thing is, like, now people that don't necessarily care about the NHL are going to get exposed to the NHL, whether they like it or not. And eventually, you know, maybe next season they don't really care. But now they go and they're like, oh, there's a clip of Connor McDavid scoring a goal. Like, I'll, that was cool. Here, let me share this to my friend that doesn't care about hockey, but might think this is very cool. Or something funny viral happens during a game with a fan. Those types of things are great. You're just going to see more of those things. You're going to become more aware. I am not the biggest NBA fan. I really am not. Like, I I could name maybe maybe 15 NBA players. Um, but... I, I sit here, like, I will sit and watch just about every post that comes across because they post good content on their social media feeds. And I think that is, that to me is, is so valuable in this deal. And I don't think enough people are talking about that because it's just going to, you're going to be, people like you, people that don't necessarily, aren't the biggest hockey fans, but do to at least pay attention to it, are going to now be even more casually exposed to it. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there in the social media for sure is huge. I think news programming, and I think the lead up to the season, right? There will be a campaign about hockey. It won't be hockey's back because it's been long enough that I don't know if that memory's there. And I think people that are saying that want to go back to what they had before exactly um, are chasing a little bit of nostalgia, and it'll be interesting to see how, how, they, how they use that or not. But they're certainly going to have a campaign and, and roll out all this stuff. And those players and those coaches and those teams – when they talk about marketing programs or think for ESPN, overall, the NHL might have a bigger presence in those things than they did before because they're on them and they're part of the family. Right. Um, give me a second here. I want to I want to find a tweet and I, 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 let me scroll back through my timeline here. Sorry. Um, I think again, like the biggest. Okay, here it is. So the Stephen A. tweet the other day. So I don't know if you saw this video. It's mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. So Stephen A, they, the tweet is, ah, sugar crackers, your boy's about to get into hockey. Yes, hockey, check me out. It's Stephen A, which I think, even if you hate Stephen A, which I pretty much hate Stephen A, he, he knows how to market himself, yep. and he knows how to market the shtick. Yep. It has, it has 1,000 replies, 3,000 retweets, and two, or 20,000 likes. And it's just a video of him just talking about what he knows about hockey, which is like these five things. It's absolutely hilarious. And this is the type of thing that's going to happen that's just going to – it's just going to happen more often. And the other thing that I think about now is like think about how much time the that ESPN spends on the NBA free agency and the NFL free agency mm-hmm. and baseball free agency. Now they have to also talk about hockey free agency. Yep. They They – Unless it was like, unless it is like Connor McDavid, which he hasn't really signed any of these deals, but it, unless it is that type of player, they, they're they not talking, like it's gotten zero airtime in the last 10 years. It just right. really has. Like, so 
now they have to talk about it because it's kind of like a, a legal obligation in this contract. <laughs> and again, though, now people are just going to have their have more opinions. There's going to be people that don't know about hockey and, and now have a team because of this, and now they're more into hockey. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's yeah. always been the fourth. It's always been the fourth sport, clearly, and you know, in a lot of ways, in terms of how the majors major sports were treated. And even when ESPN did have it, sometimes the amount of time was on a sh- amount of time given to it on a show wasn't commiserate with the number of games that were being played that night versus that in that league and versus other leagues. But the relevancy number goes up a lot here. ESPN is still the brand for sports. No disrespect to NBC and NBC Sports and what they've done. Um, this deal doesn't help them at all, for sure. Like they lost something that, that mattered and gave them a ton of air times to, to have and games to put out there and content to share. Um, but it, it feels like a win for ESPN. More importantly, it feels like a win for fans and the league. Like I think, I think fans what I've seen are genuinely excited about this and hopefully ESPN will give them reason for that as things progress. I think one other thing that comes up with this and I was talking to someone that I, I, I worked with and they were like once the once the world is back to normal and they can go into bars they no longer have mm-hmm. to be like hey can you turn on NBCSN right. what channel is that like yep. now everyone knows what channel ESPN is like or ABC like it's it's not hard to figure that out now it's like, yep. it's just, no, that's a great point. Okay. And I think that point right there is, is really what made this whole deal. And I think, like, there there was a – I don't want to say that, like, very uh, – my, my Twitter timeline is very hockey-focused, obviously. And I feel like I have a good pulse on a lot of things. I don't want to sit here and say, hey, you know, like, there was anybody being overly negative about this deal and was like, this is a terrible deal. There were a couple people where they were like, eh, only 25 games, eh, only, you know, you have to do all these streaming things. But, again, like, that for me, when when he said that, I was like, that's why the deal, like, that's why this is a great deal. Because now you don't have to walk into a bar and be like, hey, can you put on NBCSN? It's probably this channel. They can just put on ESPN and it's on. I think the 25 games complaint is is an easy thing, but I think, again, it's – it's going to give it a presence. It's going to give it relevance it didn't have. I mean, again, and, and NBC did a wonderful job with it, but it's, it's going to be on ESPN, and that still matters, I think. Does it matter to you in terms of who's, who the voices are? So I was just going to bring that up. So Steve Levy, they've already said that Steve Levy is going to do some of the games. Um, or or the, way they, the way I read it, kind of, it was just a tweet, but it, it made it seem like that he's kind of the number one guy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not the number one guy because I my theory is that NBC still keeps the other half of the contract, so they aren't going to be able to like steal that talent. And the main NBC guy, John Forslund, is going to Seattle. But so like, and I I like Steve Levy still Sports Center Steve Levy to me. But um, I did read the Gary Thorne article, and like I don't know I don't know about you, but. Those were my formative years of liking hockey was like 2000 to 2004, which was when pretty much the last time ESPN had the NHL deal. And Gary Thorne was the voice of, of hockey for me growing up pretty much. And so like that, if they can bring him back, and I know nostalgia's in right now, and I know a lot of people are over nostalgia, but he is he is what they need in terms of grabbing people's attention because It'll be a it'll be a three on two and it's on a, a Wednesday night in, in the middle of November and he's losing his mind 
like it's game seven of the Stanley Cup finals in overtime. And I, I think that is what I am excited about. Um, yeah, there's yeah, a lot of great talent out there for, that could be behind the mic, and, and I hear you on that. And I think for me, if it, if it was Thorne or Levy, and Levy's workmanlike, right? It's what he does on Monday Night Football. He's not, oh, my God, he's going to bring more to the game and make me want to watch it or make me enjoy it more because I was already going to watch it. And if Thorne's going to do that for people and they can find him or make him work for him, I think that's great. Um, and I, but I also think there's going to be a lot of other people getting experiences because there's going to be a lot of games. And it'll be interesting to see who gets, who ends up in the pecking order of assignments and, and who, who ESPN's talent is. It'll be interesting to see what they do with these 75 games that are on ESPN Plus because in theory you're not going to get the same number of eyeballs on them as you would like a, a regular cable game. Um, so I'm interested to see how they handle that. Like, are they going to really put like a B team there? Not the to knock anybody, but are they really going to put a B team there, or are they going to have those guys doing the games still? And again, this kind of goes back to what we said last week on, the, on this, was like, how many times are they actually going to be in the arena? Right. Uh, you know, how many times are they actually going to send them there? Um, no, and it wouldn't surprise me, and maybe this is for a future one, we'll see how it shakes out. Like, our announcers regionally based, right? You know, I mean, you probably can't do that every night because there's two teams in New York and whatever else. But do certain guys get certain games, right? And it cuts down on your travel. You know, our guy in these three markets is this guy, and our guy in this three, or woman in these three markets is this person. As they try to solve that, maybe do less travel and, and do games. So, it'll be interesting. All right. Um, okay. I'm I'm good there. I've said my piece. Do you have anything else? No, I'm sitting down waiting for what's next. Okay. All right. This week's old guy, young guy. I know. I remember I said it was related to something that I brought up. I know. And I said, I don't know what day of the week it is, and I don't know what time it is. Steve, how do you feel about daylight savings time? Oh, I'm not a big fan, but I'm not really too upset about it either. Like, uh-huh. I, I know I lose an hour. Like, I'm not, I'm not dying on that hill. Why? Does it really bother you? Oh, I hate it. So, uh, so <laughs> I hate for a very dumb reason. that it, And it's not the farm reason. There's, like, the, the conserving of energy reasons during like a war that happened a bazillion years ago right, basically right. maybe not a bazillion but point, yeah yeah but years ago I, like that's the whole reason that we still do this practice that screws up my sleep schedule for an entire week twice a, twice a year um, regardless if we jump forward or, or fall back also causes apparently I was looking at the data at the end of this causes a lot more accidents and like there's a lot more like people f- like running late to meetings and That's I know like there's bigger problems in the world but it's I just I hate I hate this time of year and you're not even reprogramming a clock radio because you probably don't even have alarm clocks you don't have radios we, do you have alarm we've clocks? we had to change I had to change two clocks that's it I had to change the oven clock and the car clock what about the microwave it. does it have a clock you know it does but we don't it's it's in our pantry that's locked away so i'll change it when i change it okay yeah so that's the thing for me like i was up early because the cat wanted fed and was being a pain so i went out and dumped some food in the cat bowl and i'm like oh well i'm up here's this clock here's that clock so and then there was the, the big clock we have a big clock on the wall that you actually got to get up and turn the handles on a chair oh i, got, so, I have another one of those clocks i do need to change right, that so that's the, the that's if that's the biggest first world problem is changing the clocks i mean i guess that's where i'm at but if it went away i wouldn't be upset about it. like if i went away i don't know that i'd be rejoicing you'd be rejoicing it sounds like you want to you now i just want to make sure what time zone timeline would you want to stay in the one that we are currently in or the one we were in last week it's an hour it doesn't make it i i yeah it does make a difference <laughs> steve it does okay 
It is seven. It was seven o'clock. It was seven thirty when we started this podcast, and it was still light out, and it was beautiful. That's true. And I, I, I went. I went. I went the summer. I don't care which one it is. I went the summer one where it's like, nobody's awake in the morning. Nobody's productive until like eleven o'clock, anyways. So deal with it. <laughs> like you can deal with a little bit of darkness in the morning. I would much rather have two hours, at least two hours, which by the time that the sun's the highest in the sky or whatever, we get like four hours of nice, enjoyable sunlight in the evening. It's true. Like, that's the one I want. I want the summer one when the days are longer and whatever else, right? See, so, and, But you, you want, can have those on Fridays because apparently your days aren't that busy on Fridays, so you should be getting like six yeah, hours on Fridays. Whatever. But I'm just saying, Steve, like I, I am passionate about this and not enough people are passionate about it. I, I appreciate your passion. I am not there with you, but I respect your passion. I just wanted to see, because, like, my former boss at U.S. News and World Report, she is very passionate about the opposite side of Oh, really? She's a morning, but she was a morning person. So she was like, oh, I love, like, having, and I was like, I just don't know. I can't, I can't. No, I mean, I had to put the light on to walk the dog, right? Like a little headlight thing to get him out there, because now there's no moon this week, right? So it is really dark when I'm walking at 5.30 in the morning, but, no. But still, you're up at 5.30 in the morning, like, you know, what do you expect? Like, I, exactly. I don't expect no, midday I don't, I don't, sun. Neither do I. Like, I, that's the thing. So I guess, but I, but see, that's that youthful energy you bring to the thing. I'm just beaten down. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it's whatever time they tell us it is. You know, it's kind of like everything else. It's whatever time they tell me it is. I think I'll just move to Arizona. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's another state. Is it, is it Hawaii? I think Hawaii might well, be. Well, it's, it's Indiana is the one that's confusing. Like, going back to the Notre Dame tie-ins and the Indiana tie-ins, like, the first time I covered, uh, was it a pit in the... Pit Notre Dame football game, right? Like, you had to be careful of where you were at, where you, where the hotel was, oh. and where the stadium were. Were two different time zones. Yeah. Like even in football season, because one changes and one doesn't. We stayed the very first time we went to to Illinois for a football game. Like, it was the it was after when Penn, Bill O'Brien was still the coach. They lost at Illinois, like after Thanksgiving break. Mm-hmm. We stayed in a hotel. On the Indiana on the Indiana Illinois border, but it's super confusing because, like, like we were literally like you would walk across the street and you were in Illinois, yep. where the time is completely different. And your phone, like, my, the whole time we were there, the phones kept going back and oh, forth, back right. and forth yeah. on the time. So I had to you had to manually set your phone to whatever time you wanted it to be, and so that you would get up properly and. Yep. And that was so yeah. yeah. And I don't. I hate time zones. I hate time zones. I don't deal with them well. Like I just, I understand why they exist, and I understand why we have them, and I, we need to have them. But I hate them. Like I, I will go like anytime we go to the central time zone for a Penn State game, I am miserable for the following week because my sleep schedule, everything's off. Do you change your watch when you go to the time zones? Yeah, everything. Because I, I have an, an Apple Watch, so it changes automatically with my phone. But like. So my phone will change, and I guess I don't look at I don't look at that as much again. I'll have, but I won't change my watch, no matter where we travel. Like if we travel, oh like someplace. So I'm doing math, right? Like, and my wife's like, "We just change your damn watch because you suck at math." But like, even when we went on like mission trips and we were like 14 hours away in in Myanmar, like I was over, I always had like it was 11, it was an 11 and a half hour time difference, right? And if we were gonna call home and check with our kids or something else, I'm sitting there like, "Can we call now?" Like she's like, "What are you doing?" You didn't change your watch, did you? I'm like, no, I never changed my watch. Like, it makes it easier when I go back because I've never really left that time. Like, I'm still on it. And she's like, that's not a thing. I'm like, it is for me. Yeah, I'm just, I don't, I don't like time zones. I really don't. <laughs> and they're weird. Like, we, like, 
trying to think where we went, and I just was uh, my sleep schedule. It was like a month before my sleep. Uh, it was one of the bowl games. It was like oh, it was I know which one it was. It was the it was the Fiesta Bowl because we went to Arizona, which is two hours behind, and then we went to California, mm-hmm. which is three hours behind. Yep. And that little hour change for me for, for just a couple of days screwed me up for about a week. And then shifting back from three hours to to Eastern time just was a disaster. Hmm. No, that's a good one. I, I, I don't have that much pain. problem with them, but I, I can understand. Thank you. Thank you. Feel anyway. your pain. All right. Well, that's, that, that's the show for this week. Um, Same subscribe. time next week. Oh, God. Who knows? The time zones are all confusing. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, subscribe and like to it, like us on Facebook. Email the show at at stuff says podcast at gmail.com with some feedback. Um, we still haven't heard from Rob and Mary Jean from uh, York. Oh, thank PA. God I was worried. But uh, if you guys are out there, let us know. Uh, my Twitter handle is at stuff says. Your Twitter handle is at Steve Sampson. All right, I'm gonna go fix that last clock that I forgot to play <laughs> fix, and then we're out of here. See you. All right. Bye.